Welcome to Redemption Unscripted. On this podcast, you will hear unscripted conversation to help you know Jesus, grow in your relationship with Him, and go advance His kingdom. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back to another episode of Redemption Unscripted. I'm your host, Austin, uh, and with me on the mics. It's been a couple episodes since we've had these two guys together, so good to have them back. We have Pastor Rick. How you doing, man? Good to see you, brother. I'm doing all right, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. <laughs> had McDonald's for lunch, so not feeling great, but <laughs> we were joking. I'm here. They ought to, in that bag, put both ketchup and napkins and ibuprofen. Because you don't know if you're going to use the ketchup or not, right? Sure. Some of you throw it away. Like, you don't know if you're going to use the ibuprofen, but you know what? Just to be safe, here's a few pills for you. It would have been helpful, but it's all good. Uh, so glad to have you. And then we got Pastor Jared on the mic. Welcome back to the podcast. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Good to be here. I'm excited, though. It's not when the episode drops, but it is National Coffee Day. I don't know if you know that, or International oh, Coffee yeah. Day. But So I got a free coffee. So in my world, that's, that's big news. That's cool. Huh? You like free, that's for sure. How, and where, how'd you get a free coffee? Dunkin', well, with any purchase, so gotcha. I got the cheapest thing, plus my <laughs> the coffee. 99 cent it was dicey, though, man. I was not the only guy. It was crowded. Oh, it was sure. a log jam in the drive-thru, and it was a double whammy. Like, everybody's angry, and they don't have their coffee, so it was wild, but worth it. Ooh, so. right. Free coffee, I'm good to go. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, guys, I'm excited to have you on the podcast to talk about this because one of the topic we're diving into uh, applies uh, to a series uh, as we're recording this and when we release it. You guys are preaching right now on Sunday mornings called Habits of Spiritual Survival. And so you guys have been walking us through as a church some of those habits we need to survive spiritually to grow. Uh, and we're going to talk about one that, that will come up somewhat in some of the sermons, but uh, we wanted to spend a little time talking about it on the podcast and that is accountability. So accountability relationships, accountability partners, call different things, but the idea of having other believers in your life keeping you accountable. So with that, let me, uh, let me ask the first question you guys can start diving in is, why is this so important? Why are we taking the time to talk about accountability? Well, in part because we live in a fallen, broken world, and we are fallen people, and we're, we're messy. We are very messy people. And because of that, now, once I go, okay, I've got mess in my life, the next question is, can I handle that alone? And I I don't think so. I mean, right out of the gates, even before the fall of man, God looks down and says, it is not good for man to be alone. And so aloneness is not good. And particularly when it comes to trying to grow in the faith, but also deal with the mess in my life, when I try to deal with that on my own, it gets gross and it doesn't get better. I got more thoughts, but Jared, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, you get into accountability partner, we'll talk about the practice of it and some mm-hmm. of the practicals, that's one thing. But I think when I look at this, to me, it, it's a it's a pretty core gospel issue. You mentioned before the fall, and then you know, the first thought that came to my mind was at the fall, right? Like, what happens when sin enters our lives? Like, what our first move is, is to hide, yep. you know? And cover so, up. Yeah, to cover up, to hide, you know, where are you? They're hiding from God. And this is a huge thing, you know, to overcome sin, to overcome, you know, I've been thinking a lot about, even listening to a book right now on shame, you know, shame disconnects. And it's a huge thing in all of our lives, man, sin comes in, we disconnect, we hide, to be known, to be loved is a huge thing, and it's a huge kind of part of the gospel narrative. 
Absolutely. And you're, you're referring to something I've taught for years is that idea that one of our deepest needs is to be loved. But in order to be loved, you have to be known. And so what we do is we wear a, a mask. We put on a fake mask and then uh, people don't reject me. But the problem is they're actually not not rejecting me. They're not rejecting a mask, which is a fake me. It's not really me. And so my, des- my real deep desire, it's scary as all get out, is to drop the mask, let people know or see the real me, and accept me and love me. And so when I'm wrestling through the deep, dark stuff in my life, and all of us have junk, and some of it's just futility and, I don't know, just stuff we have, to, to cease the practice of hiding and covering up, as you said, Pastor Jared, but, it, but to then be real with a, a sister in Christ for you women or a brother in Christ, to be real with a brother in Christ and say, this is who I am, this, and then to feel acceptance and love from him and him not going to be, yeah, it's fine, man, don't worry, but, and we'll talk about accountability here in a minute, what it means, but, but at the very root of it, to be accepted and loved in that moment is so powerful. And the converse is, when I keep things hidden and covered up and in the dark, things in the dark have power in my life. And so it is very disempowering to sin, to bring it into the light of a relationship with a brother in Christ or a sister in Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I really feel like, I remember that's one of those foundational things that clicked in for me to realize, you know, the connection of being known and being loved. Mm-hmm. And even to just further bolster that, to where I think they're connected, I mean, they I mean, it is basically a one-to-one correlation. You know, it's not a loose connection. I mean, I feel like to the extent you're you're known is to the extent that you're loved. I right. mean, man, because you know, all of us feel loved a little bit, but all right, we share some things. We're we're selectively vulnerable, and I even the book I'm reading right now, like that is the key of how do you overcome shame? It's vulnerability. Hmm. Now, you know, again, we'll get into the partner. You, you know, to receive grace is a, is a huge part of that, but I can't control how people respond. Me being vulnerable and sharing my stuff is the huge part. That's what I need to do. And to the degree and only to that degree can I experience love. And I'm really excited for some of our listeners right now, Austin, because I, some of them have never, maybe never experienced that. And what we're talking about is just deathly, like, frightening to them. The whole idea. Paralyzing. Oh my goodness. (laughs) And yet they have not yet tasted what it means to actually have a safe Christian friend that you out yourself to and you Mm. tell them you're, and then to feel that in. So the, the amount of freedom that is in store for them, I'm excited for. Yeah. As you're sitting there feeling like, man, I've, that's me. I've never really felt loved. Maybe it's because you've never revealed and allowed yourself to be fully known. It's huge. Well, and Austin, you were mentioning that our current series that we're preaching through the habits of spiritual survival, this, what we're talking about right now does bump up against, I think it's the last week that we haven't preached yet, but it'll be on fellowship. And one of the questions is how, how are my, so when I have a friendship with a Christian brother, is that any different than two non-Christians? They watch the Browns, they drink beer, that's what they, is that just what I do? But it just so happens that we both say the name Jesus. Uh, or is there spiritual substance to that relationship where we're actually calling each other to higher things, to better things, to getting into each other's life, loving each other, pursuing Jesus together? Now, it's not just a friendship, it's actually fellowship. There's meat to it, there's teeth to it. Uh, and so that, that's where uh, I, I think that's a, a, an essential habit. That's an essential part of our lives, and it does fit into that series. Yeah, and I, I think the, 
like the theological underpinnings, you know, that we'll get to are, are so important and need to be there. But when I think of this, you know, why do we do it? I just think of my life. It's so practical. You know, I, I can build a case just on that alone, you know, you know, make sure I get it right. But it's, you know, it's not true because it works. It works because it's true, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just true in my life. Like, why do this? And I even think of the verse, you know, it talks about Satan, you know, roaring around, the enemy roaring around, you know, like an, a lion trying to devour us. And so I think of that, and that image has always stuck with me, you know, because I love those shows. Do you guys get into those, like the big cats, like on the Discovery Channel? I, oh, you absolutely. don't. I could tell by your look uh, on I your face, not, Austin. But... <laughs> <laughs> you can't see the video, I but Austin. <laughs> But I Dude, love I've been those. I've been watching short videos recently uh, on Facebook Watch, and you know, once you watch one, oh, it God, learns yeah, what you like, and it keeps yeah, feeding them yeah. to you. And it's all these jungle things with lions attacking yeah, water yeah. buffaloes, like all the time. <laughs> so it's all about the big cats. But if you if you've watched one, <laughs> you've watched them all, and I want to watch sure. them all. <laughs> but but how did how does the lion attack? How does the enemy attack? It's the mm-hmm. one that falls away from the pack. You yep. almost never Ooh, see that is. line dive into the middle. It waits for one to fall aside. And tell me that's not true in your life. Like, when did you slip? When did you get in trouble? Tell me, like, <laughs> you didn't isolate first. It's true of all of us. You begin to isolate, and now you're vulnerable. Yeah, when you're alone, you're at risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's not what Jesus wants for us. Yeah, and I think, you know, we'll get to, in a moment, some of the practicals of, okay, how do we flush out what you guys are talking about? Um, But before that, I mean, I would love to, and Jared, you already went there a little bit, but I'd love to hear you guys dive into what are... What are some of the things the scriptures say about accountability and the importance of it? Um, So maybe even give us some some places in scripture we can go to for this topic. Well, a very common verse reference in this area is Proverbs 27, 17, that says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And I think I just quoted that in the NAS, which I was where I memorized for years, and so I still got it there, but uh, not ESV, but it's pretty much the same. But the idea that you take iron and you grind it against iron, and it's a hard process, it's a little bit grinding, but that's how you get something sharpened. And it says that's what we're supposed to do as brothers and sisters in Christ. We're supposed to grate against each other in some ways. Notice I said grate there instead of grind. <laughs> when you tell people to grind against each other, it gets a little weird. So There's no verse for that. Yeah, NASB no or not. No, no. no verse for that. Another podcast. So <laughs> we'll get that later. When you grate against each other and you, you, sharpen, you sharpen each other. And that's, so we're actually, the Bible tells us, we're supposed to have that role in each other's lives. There's no Lone Ranger Christian here. We're supposed to be used by God to sharpen each other. Mm-hmm. And I think it is, I'm glad you take us there with this question, because not being raised in the Christian subculture, you know, you say, like, does the Bible say anything about, hey, have an accountability partner? Like, I don't have a reference that says exactly that. Legit. You know? And so, you know, I come into the Christian subculture and people are asking me, what's your testimony? Do you have an accountability partner? I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, I don't know what that means. And so, yeah, some of the things will kind of lay it out in helpful ways, but to, got, to get at, okay, what's the principle? Okay, we need to be in other, each other's lives. I think an easy one, we, this is one area where we can over-spiritualize. Oh, no, God knows. You know, I confess it sure. to God, you know, and you can spiritualize it, but it's just not There's the only same. one mediator between God and man, yeah. the man yeah. Jesus Christ. I don't yeah. need somebody else. And it's funny. Part of the one thing I'm getting into now is kind of reading different neuroscience. Like, it's just different. You know, we were talking about this yesterday, Austin, is, 
you telling yourself a truth and somebody speaking a truth into your life, it goes to a different place in your soul. Like mm. we can even map that now with like brain imaging, you know, it's necessary and you can't over-spiritualize it. And there, I mean, it's clearly biblical principles, like you said, that kind of classic verse of sharpening one another. Well, and that, that brings up James five 16. You're, you're kind of poking up against that one where that one says, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Now I already jokingly reference that, you know, there's only one mediator. So, you know, well, I don't need another human being between me and God. Uh, that's just Jesus. He's my mediator. That is true. Absolutely. But then as Pastor Jared, as you're pointing out that then God uses us in each other's lives to hit different places of the brain. And so here it is. It tells us to confess our sins to one another. Now, how's that different than what Catholics do? It doesn't say confess your sins to a priest. That becomes the mediator between you and God. No, that's not what it says. This is a body of Christ, priesthood of all believers. I have men in my life that, uh, that love me, um, and, and yet... Uh, I'm able to be real with them, open, and confess my sins to them, and and they can speak into it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny, as I said, I wasn't raised, you know, in the Christian evangelical subculture, but like I said, now you're smack dab of what I was raised into mm-hmm. in Catholicism, and it's funny, you know, even coming coming out of that, I had a rejection of that. It doesn't have to be a priest. It doesn't have to be a priest, and then all of a sudden we swing all the other way, yep. and now I'm just running because of bitterness or something, you know, now I'm just being anti-Catholic. Well, time out. Okay, yeah, it doesn't have to be a priest, but it does say to, to one to another. So let's not go too far and let the pendulum swing too far. It is important. This is a biblical command. These aren't just suggestions. Confess to one another. That's huge. Right. And that the phrase at the end there, to one another, that you may be healed. Mm-hmm. So evidently the, the scripture is saying, as you were saying earlier, brother, about how it hits different parts of the brain mm-hmm. actually gets in. There's something healing that God does in our lives in the midst of these horizontal relationships between human beings. Mm-hmm. And I said, we, I, the scripture is true, but I just dare you to live that out. It's terrifying. But that's when my life, my growth took off when right. someone, not just I'm telling myself the gospel, somebody modeled that to me. I think it was Larry Crabb that said it, you know, love is exposure with acceptance. We're deathly afraid of that. When you experience that, that's when everything, I felt that healing, you know, and sure. spiritually and wholeness. It's huge. Hmm. Exposure with acceptance, which is to be known hmm. and loved. It's just another hmm. way of saying what we said right out of the gates. It's known and yeah. loved. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It's huge. Well, I'll throw one other verse out. Do we have time for it, Pastor Austin? Yeah, a couple more. Uh, Galatians 6, first five verses maybe, but it it says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourselves, lest you too be tempted. And it says this, Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then, he, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. But then look at this, for each will have to bear his own load. Now, we taught, who had this passage going through? I think you had yeah, it yeah. going through Galatians, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and give me the, the load burden thing again. Yeah, so, I mean, one of those, yeah, you relieve burdens, we leave, I think I use backpacks in the sermon, but it just... 
I mean, one is crushing and one is manageable. And so, yeah, I mean, it is mutual and everybody has their own part. And so if something is crushing and too much for yourself, that's what a burden is. I mean, it's too much. It's uncarryable by yourself. Yeah. Now, we all have, you know, kind of our own load to bear and we all need to do that. But, yeah, that was huge for me of just seeing that difference. Okay, wait a minute. You know, we've all seen that where someone's just a victim and everybody's just helping. Man, this is a mutual thing we need to do for and with each other. Yeah. And so you, you, you did, you're right. You use backpack and that's, so that's a load and you should carry your own load, carry your own backpack, man. Come on. Mm-hmm. But a refrigerator, <laughs> that's a bur- like nobody expects an individual to carry a refrigerator. That's at least a two person job. Right. Mm-hmm. And so what, what this is saying is sometimes there's stuff in my life that I need other people to help me carry the burden. Uh, and it's in the context of I'm caught in a transgression, so there's sin in my life, and I need a spiritual person. You who are spiritual, restore, so there's restoration going on. Uh, and, and so that, that's somebody helping me with something that, man, you leave me alone, I'm not going to grow. I need your help. I need your help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny. I didn't necessarily plan it this way or think about it, but as we sit here, you look at all those verses, because I've heard it this way, they all had a key phrase of one another. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we're called to do the one another's. And that's where, you know, you can't just do church online. Like part of what church is, it's doing the one another's. And most of them, you know, we laid out specifics. It's a general, we're called to love one another. I remember even thinking, not to downplay the Trinity, right? Our very Godhead, like yep. the core of who God is, is relational. In We are relational beings and we're not, you know, no man's an island, right? And so we're called to love one another and interact. I mean, that is a core of what it means, of who God is, of what it means to be in his body. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, I, and that'll be a part of the sermon coming up on fellowship where uh, God is triune and, and his nature is fellowship. Mm-hmm. And we were made in his image. And then we try to be lone, lone ranger Christians. Mm-hmm. And somehow it doesn't work so well. You know, like, go figure, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go figure. Yeah. Now, you mentioned, Jared, you mentioned the one another passages. There's others, and uh, Pastor Austin, you said we can put them in the show notes, right? Like First yep. Thessalonians 5.11, Ephesians 4.25, Hebrews 10.25, each one of those. And you're right, we didn't plan it this way, but I, I, I looked down at those while you were saying that, Jared. And sure enough, each one yeah. of those is a one another passage. Yeah. I even love just the picture, one that comes to mind, is Christ in the garden, you know, and he's going through this trial and he calls people, you know, he calls his friends, you know, to pray with me. You're going through a trial and I love the model of Christ, particularly in that, because I don't, we all should desire it and seek it, but not have an excuse for it. Because even in that time, his community let him down, right? They're sleeping. And so, man, that even Christ reached out for that, desired it, but it also... You know, kind of that's the each man will bear his own burdens. I don't want it to be excused. People don't love me enough, so, uh, you know, right. I can just do whatever I want. Man, I need to be rooted. But a huge part of that rooting is allowing people to be the hands and feet of Christ in my life. Nice. So what would you guys say? I mean, I think at this point, you you guys have built a really good case for for why it's important. I mean, you pointed us to Scripture. And so one of the things we want, we love to people do as they listen to this is think about, all right, how do I apply that to my life? How do I have these type of accountability relationships. Um, and so I would love for you guys to answer the question of what in the world do you look for? Like, is it just any old random mother Christian? Like, what do you, what do you pursue when you find, I don't know like, why there's gotta be like an app, right? Like a Tinder yeah, for like, accountability yeah. partners. Swipe, swipe or no, he is an accountability. No, no, yeah. Why, so, why yeah. Tinder of all the possibilities? All I can yeah. think of is swipe left. Looks I've bad. never been on Tinder. If you're listening, yeah, right. 
<laughs> if you see a Jared Williams profile, please let us know. Uh, so on uh, the Christian <laughs> accountability part, Christian Mingle, Christian. Um, so, so what would you guys say? What what should you look for in uh, an accountability partner relationship, whatever you want to call it? Yeah, I, I mean, you notice in. Galatians 6, it said, you who are spiritual. So when, when we're looking for somebody, we're, you're looking for, for a fellow believer, okay? Uh, but, but I would say, listen, if you're lo- really looking to grow, don't go for a priester, you know, Christmas and Easter, and uh, they're just involved in religion. But like, you're looking for somebody who is really themselves a disciple of Jesus, looking to follow him, looking to grow. There's some maturity developing in their life as well. Uh, and, and so you're saying, hey, I'm going that direction. You're going that direction. Let's go that direction together. Mm-hmm. That'd be one thing. Yeah. And I'm glad you said it because I don't know who's all listening. I don't want Christian to be assumed. Like, seriously, they should be a Christian. There's a lot of horrible counsel out there. It's not just a good buddy you can trust. Right. Someone's going to point you to Christ. And, I, and I've sifted through that because I had a similar thought of, like, I, my initial thought was like, okay, a similar level of Christian. Like, that sounds weird, you know? Like, what's your, you're spiritually an eight? Okay, about an eight, you know? And I, I think that's a, a bit of a wrong way of thinking. And I said on, man, it can challenge each other, you yeah. know? Because if it's a relationship where I'm always investing in you or you're only investing in me, you know, I think, now we can have different mentors in our life. When it comes down to accountability, I like that idea we're challenging each other. And, you know, that's that can be hard to find, like, you know, like an Austin's a spiritual giant. It's hard to find somebody equal, you know. <laughs> oh, sure. boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> but I think you all know what I'm saying. You know, someone to where you feel like, man, I can speak into their life. They can speak into mine. And it's, you know, there's a, a good balance that way. Well, and as you were saying that, brother, one thing that came to mind is we're assuming spiritual growth is in, in the crosshairs, right? So yeah, yeah. If, you're, if you're going to the gym, and you're looking for somebody to give you accountability to showing up at the gym and working hard and there's another gym rat there, great, whatever. But he's not a Christian, doesn't need to be. Mm-hmm. But when we're talking about getting into some core issues in my life and what are my motivations and what are the sins I struggle with and how am I doing in the Word and prayer on and on, well, yeah, that, sh- that should probably be a Christian. Mm-hmm. And I'd also look for somebody in there that I trust. So as I open up... I want to trust that their confidentiality is going to be maintained. So I'd look mm-hmm. for, that seems important to me. If I'm going yeah. to get into the deepest struggles in my life, kind of want somebody that has a tight vault. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that obviously that's huge, right? You've got to be able to trust them. One of the things too, you know, I think that idea, and you probably hear this sometimes, like are you a truth person or a grace person. So I think it's somebody that's going to have a good balance of that. Great. Because when I when I'm struggling with the sin, I don't want there are two clear errors. I don't want someone that's going to be like, oh, it's fine, or you had a bad day. Like I want someone, and this is necessary to call my sin sin. Like, dude, man, that was messed up. Mm-hmm. But obviously, you can go the other way where it's all truth and no grace. You know, right. I and mean, there has to be that acceptance. But not in any way, you know, that's just going to sweep my sin under the rug. I've been meeting with Todd now for years. I mean, it's coming up on a decade. And it's funny, the reason we started meeting is he shared something with me. And I and I just kind of squared him up. And mm-hmm. he's like, man, that's what I want. Like, I want someone who's going to challenge me, not just, oh, it's okay, you did your best. And so someone, in, and we all have personality bent, that's good, but they're going to push on both. They're going to give you the truth. But obviously, with grace and acceptance. Sure, because if it's if it's all truth, I'm going to get discouraged. I'm going to clam up. I'm going to pull back. I'm not going to be honest with you and open anymore. 
But then if it's all grace, now I feel really safe and I open up, but it doesn't matter because I don't grow. Mm -hmm. So to have that balance, and I could see, Mm -hmm. man, both you and Todd, great guys. It's probably rich time together, Mm -hmm. I would think. I've got two guys in my life, um, Dan and Joe. And uh, Dan and I have been meeting together. Wow, we've been friends 20 years, probably probably 15 years. Uh, Joe and I are 10-year friends, and... um, He's one of the elders at our church. Dan is a pastor at another church, and I love both of those guys. Both of them fit this mold. I heard uh, the prof, Dr. Howard Hendricks, um, deceased not too long ago, but I heard him say one time, you want people that love you but don't admire you. Mm-hmm. So, so they love you. They really enjoy you, they, they, but, but they don't admire you. So they're willing to speak into you and yeah. go, hey, dude. Check yourself, like you know, yeah. and, and pull you up short a little bit. Uh, so that people that love you but don't admire you. Mm-hmm. As far as we get into specific names, right? All of us have deeper friendships outside of that. You know, like when you mentioned a couple of people, I wanted to like just mention Ryan and all my other good friends. Like, mm-hmm. and it's not that they all have that. They all have a big place in my life. But yep. part of that is we're, we're talking about intentionality too, with Great someone point. where there's intentionalness. So it's not even like I'm closer with Todd than all these other people necessarily. It's just kind of man to have somebody that you're intentionally walking through some accountability with, and yeah, I think that's big. Oh yeah, because we're not listing off all our friends. That's a mm-hmm. longer list, but yeah. we're saying intentional accountability relationships, mm-hmm. which maybe gets into yeah, the yeah. plan part. Of yeah, it. and so you kind of already got there, and I, I like that. Like, what are what are some of those practical? Kind of tips. I mean, as someone's listening, they might be thinking, all right, I need to find this person. Maybe they already have someone that popped in their head as you guys are talking. Uh, but how, yeah, what do you do once you kind of identify that person and you, you know, you practice it? Some tips there. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think there's a degree to which it's not just going to naturally happen. Like, uh, you're not going to be just watching the Browns together and then, like, five years later, like, I don't know how it happened, but now we're having an accountability relation. Now, at some point, you're going to have to essentially take the initiative and seek it and say, hey, you know, I, I'm loving hanging out with you. What do you think if? Whatever that is, to say, hey, what if uh, for for me with one of my guys I get together once a month, the other guy twice a month. But what you know, what if once a month we go grab a coffee together, we go grab a beer together, whatever fits, and and we hang out and we check in with each other, see how each other's doing. So there's probably going to have to be some intentionality taking it up to the next level, which is going to feel weird. I'm going to tell you, it's going to feel like you're asking that dude out, right? <laughs> um, but but. I don't know how else you get there. It's never worked <laughs> it's any right, other no. way for me. Circle yeah. yes or no. <laughs> or maybe. <laughs> yes, no, maybe. Swap Pass the right note away. through your friend. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, it's funny. You, you say probably intentional. And I think when you go to guys, it moves into has to be intentional. Yeah. I'm a big Brian Regan guy. He, he does a great bit when he went golfing with a buddy who just like went through a divorce. And he comes home and his wife is like, oh, how's he doing? He's like, oh, good. And, you know, is he he's like, oh, is he dating somebody? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> like, what do you mean? You're like, didn't come up. She's like, you were with him for four hours. And it didn't. Like, as men, we have an unbelievable ability to talk about nothing. You know, Absolutely. I like golfing. I could golf. Me and Austin golf. We can go for four hours and talk about nothing of substance beyond golf. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's I don't know, I don't know how it works, but I tell my wife, it's a, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you guys might have heard me say before that male-female difference, that men 
play to talk, women talk to play. So what we'll do as guys is we'll play, we'll go do a round of golf or we'll yeah. shoot hoops or whatever. We're totally comfortable doing that. And from there we'll go, hey, I think I'll actually talk to this guy. Now, women are much more relationally gifted than we, I think, just by our Lord. And so they, they will more naturally just talk with each other. And from that time, they'll go, oh, I think I'll go do something else with her. Mm-hmm. Whether, uh, you know, I don't know. What do women do? <laughs> I should probably know this. But anyway. I'll we'll put it in the show notes. We'll I was going <laughs> to say go shopping. And then it's like, well, that's a little bit stereotypical. Uh. Exactly. So I'm not doing that. Anyway. But, but women, so they'll, they'll talk in order to figure sure. out with whom they'll play. And men, we do the reverse. And so, but we've then got to be intentional. Our women will more naturally talk and open up and share with each other. Our men, we have to push the yeah. pedal. And we're talking, you know, the kind of talk we're we're trying to get at. I mean, is there, there's a depth I want you to get at, and that would never happen, you know, mm-hmm. naturally. I mean, there's just never a good time, you know, on the golf course. Like, man, great shot. Oh, thanks. My marriage is really in trouble. Like, yeah, right. it just doesn't come up naturally. None of us want to just share that. And so the things that you hope to bring up, I mean, like, we already kind of flirting with it. Like, some of the darkest, hardest things in your life you need to share that there's never a good time that never rolls off the tongue unless you're intentional. Mm. So Austin, then I'm going to say, push the pedal. Okay. So that's that first one, push the pedal. You're going to have to at some point step on the gas. You're going to have to push that pedal. And then uh, as part of that, then you got to set up a place, which assumes a time as well. Say, Hey, um, let's get together once a month. What, what time works for you? Well, you know, I get off Wednesdays. I get off a little bit early. Fine. Let's do Wednesday, whatever it is. And you find a regular time, you find a regular place. Um, You want to be in a place where you can talk about some stuff and not feel like everybody's hearing you, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, For me, coffee shops have worked, uh, and, uh, but to find a regular time and place would be part of that. Yeah. And you, you kind of mentioned kind of the two probably most common once a month or twice a month, Mm -hmm. but even to just go along with that a little bit, I, I would say, and I don't know, maybe you guys would disagree. I wouldn't go below once a month. Like, no, man, you're going to build a relationship. This is a dude you got to trust or, you know, a woman, if you're a woman, listen to this, like to go, cause we all know there's going to be times where you miss mm-hmm. now this is a dude, especially if you're not connecting in their life regularly, I haven't seen in three months and I'm supposed to share my, you know, biggest struggle. Happen. So for what it's worth, yeah, I would say for sure. I've always been twice a month and obviously you can go weekly if you want, depending on the relationship, but I wouldn't go below once a month. Hmm. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, even as you, you just said, dudes, women, whatever, we're, we're presuming something that we didn't address so far. And, and so I'm just going to back up to that for a second and say, listen, I, I would strongly recommend men with men, women with women. And uh, now, uh, Shannon and I do have a very natural accountability. We're speaking in each other's lives. We know the deepest stuff. But uh, I take weight off my marriage by also having some guys in my life. Now, what I don't want to do is do that with other women. Now I'm opening mm-hmm. up the most tender, deep, dark areas of my life to another woman, and I'm feeling grace from her. I am just asking for an affair. So uh, I, we, I would strongly encourage men do this with men, women do this with women. Mm-hmm. Right on. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think the place, like you said, is important. I was running the, the Chipotle issue. When I have a meeting where I want to talk about something serious, I love Chipotle. I always want to get Chipotle. Not, it's just not a good place to talk. It's too loud. loud. And it's small. I know. It just never works. Well, it's all hard surfaces, so the noise just bounces around. It's terrible in there. But I mean, really. But good food. Good food. Get it to go and go somewhere else. Exactly. But I I think, 
I think I heard this from you, Rick, is the somebody in your, there should be somebody in your life that knows everything, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And if that's what you're saying, this is kind of a person in that category where you don't hold anything back. If you're telling somebody the everything, just think about it, you know? You, you don't want somebody six inches from you when you're sharing, like, your kind of deepest, darkest stuff. And so, you know, I, I think where you can talk, but also where you feel comfortable. If you don't feel comfortable sharing, if it's a place where you feel vulnerable, we'll find a place, you know? Yeah, where, absolutely. And maybe that is, like, hey, why don't you just, you know, whatever, come over to my house, we'll be on the back deck or whatever. I don't know. But. Mm. Yeah. So another thing I throw in there, Austin, is permission. So uh, I think accountability is voluntary. Now, when people come on our staff team, we, we say you need to have an accountability partner because we, we want our staff to stay health, healthy. But we don't assign those people. Because if I say, hey, uh, Joe, John, you guys are now accountability partners. Hope it, hope it goes well. Like, they don't know each other. They don't trust each other. I've asked them to go to a level of intimacy that is not natural. So you can choose your own person, but you got to have that. But in the midst of that relationship, then, to give permission. So I have told you, I've told Dan, they have my permission to ask me anything they want. And, and they take advantage of that at times. So there has to be permission extended to the person. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. You know, it gets to those questions, too. Questions, you know, we ask direct questions when it comes to it. And it's easy to skirt, you know, how are you doing? Oh, we're doing okay. You know, specific questions because it's, yeah, I, I want that in my life. I've given that permission. We, I think we all need it. Hmm. Yeah, speaking of the, the questions, and I think, you know, Rick, you can speak to this. I don't, I don't know if this is a resource we borrowed from someone, we tweaked. Uh, I wrote is that. Okay, there you go. Uh, and so one of the resources we give our staff is, is some questions, kind of like standard, here's some accountability things. Just, uh, yeah, for people that are new to it, it's like, I don't know what to ask. Well, here's some questions to get going. What, I mean, so I would love, I mean, we can drop that in the show notes, but is there anything about that, Rick, you would love to share? Just, I know that's something you've created. Right. Well, it goes into various areas, and I'm going to pull it up on my laptop right now to make sure I do the areas correctly. But your walk with God, sin, just areas of sin that you wrestle with, money uh, for our staff, it's ministry. You might have to tweak this, but. Uh, community, family, if that's applicable. So we're trying to get at a 360 of your whole life here. The reason I value that is my first engagement with accountability, I was doing college ministry, as you guys know, for a long, long time. And young men would deal a lot with pornography and masturbation. And so accountability was really birthed in that world for me. That's great. That's wonderful. But the problem with that is it became very unidimensional. So accountability had only to do with, did you look at porn? And and, wait a minute, there's so much more to my life and who I am and things I want to grow in. And now maybe that's your sin struggle and that then should be a part of your accountability relationship. Absolutely. But not that only. And so that's why, in part, I wrote up these questions, not only for those who are like, I've never done anything like this, I don't know, but also to make it more full-featured that we do a 360 of your life, not just reduce you to one sin struggle. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it really reminds me of a word we kind of threw out earlier, but intentional, right? I mean, this re- the person, the place, and even your time, it's got to be intentional because we've all, um, I don't know, I don't want to presume, but I know I've also been a part of bad accountability, whether you don't get into deep stuff or it's only one type of thing and just really being intentional. Okay, who do I want to be as a man? 
All right, let's talk about that. Let's ask the hard questions. I mean, you, you just got to be intentional with your time as well as what, you know, along with the person you're meeting with and where. Yeah. And the the questions are designed to do that, to, mm-hmm. to tease it out a little bit more. Because as you said just a little bit ago, Pastor Jared, spot on, like, we're accountability partners and we sit down together and you say, Hey, how you doing? I know if you give me too general of a question, I am now going to choose how real I'm going to be. Hmm. You ask me a specific question that I've given you permission to ask. I've actually given you the question and told you to ask me this because I know it'll nail me if I need nailed. Hmm. And if I need some truth and I need you to ask me that, like, I want to, I want you to ask me questions that I can't dance around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And as I said, we'll, we'll drop that in the, those questions in the show notes. So, We'd hope that's a blessing to whoever's listening if you want to use that. But guys, this has been a great conversation about accountability. Is is there anything before we wrap up the episode you guys love to kind of leave with the listeners? Yes, I want to know. So I know, I know, Jared, you've met with Todd for a long time. Great dude. Uh, you guys know I meet with both Joe and Dan. Who, who's the guy you meet with? Yeah, uh, Ryan and Lee. Ryan and Lee. Yeah. Okay, yep, yep. All right. We're not using last names, but I, we know all these guys. We all know who we're <laughs> yeah. talking about. So good. Those are good guys. Yeah. I'm good. All right. Well, I think uh, this has been a great conversation. Hopefully, as you listen to this, uh, if you have an accountability partner, hopefully this gives you some kind of tracks to run on and continue that relationship. If you don't, hopefully this encourages you to start that as it helps you, uh, as we all said, I think, walk with Jesus better and grow in your faith. That's our hope. So thanks for listening, and I uh, hope to catch you next time on our next episode. Thanks for listening, and if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others. To catch the latest episode, be sure to subscribe and follow us. For more resources like this, visit our website at www.redemptionchapel.com. We hope you join us next time on Redemption Unscripted.